to the Espresso with Entrepreneurs podcast. This is an exclusive podcast private to the Family Business Network international members. With this podcast, we aim to share the inspirational stories of our members and shine a light on those who take action with their entrepreneurial DNA. We hope that these stories will help you in your own journeys and create new connections after listening to the episodes. Many years from now, FBNI Next Gen leaders have focused on entrepreneurship by organizing webinars and the Next Gen Award program and showing an entrepreneurship mindset in family businesses all the time by getting help from the FBN members' knowledge. In addition, we are launching a new year project, Espresso with Entrepreneurs. This is a podcast series led by Celine, Oliver and me. By the way, I couldn't even talk or work for the last week because of my influenza. That is why my voice is more charismatic than usual. I'm so excited that finally we can record this first episode. Glad you're better now, Gökçe. And I completely understand you. When we get really ill and everything stops, then we realize that health is actually the biggest priority. And I was not great at looking after myself at the end of last year. So then I had a constant cold for two, three months, which was dreadful. As entrepreneurs, we have so much on our plate, so it can be easy to neglect ourselves. So now I set clear boundaries once again for this year to stay healthy. That is actually super important and it can be quite simple in the end. You just need to take care of the basics. Eat well, sleep well, train well and take ice cold showers every single morning. It's impossible to get sick after that. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds amazing and actually the I do agree that the basic routines are very crucial unfortunately I'm not great at taking ice cold showers but I'm gonna give that a bit more of a try <laughs> uh, and in this podcast we would like to talk about not only the business related challenges of entrepreneurship but also about how it is to be an entrepreneur in daily life so as entrepreneurs we may easily blur the line between business and personal life So some of what we can do can be a bit annoying to our friends and family. For example, I tend to always try to offer a solution to the problems my friends and family present. But actually, sometimes in our personal life, they're only looking for us to just listen. So Gökçe, what would you say is one of your entrepreneurial characteristics that can come across a bit annoying for the rest of your family and friends? Helen, actually, it's really challenging question for me. Thank you so much for your honest explanation. Um, I will try to do my best, like you. Uh, I naturally like to solve business problems with creativity and with an attitude to always improve things and achieve results. But for some situations, my family and friends, uh, they don't want to always improve the situation or use a creative way to make our relationships better. They don't all the time want to apply my suggestion, but it's really hard for me to accept their approach and keep myself doing nothing, just accepting their approach. But that's just the life of an entrepreneur. You get turned down a lot, especially when you are starting out. Uh, yeah, my question Uh, goes to Oliver. Oliver, when did you decide to be an entrepreneur and what was your first entrepreneurial project? 
to be frank with you guys, I don't think I have ever even considered not being an entrepreneur at some point of my life. And uh, my first business, if selling crappy wooden items to the neighbors at second grade is not counted, was actually a wealth management business for cryptocurrencies. I was pretty deep into that rabbit hole back in the day, and everyone was always asking information and tips on what to buy and sell and how everything works. So I figured out maybe I should just start the business around it. And how did you start that? So I was 21 back then, and I had absolutely no clue how to run a wealth management business. So I did what any 21-year-old would do, and I went to Google, and I was asking questions like how to run a wealth management business and what do you need for that? And I found out that if you want to manage other people's financial instruments, you need to get the wealth, wealth management licenses. And then I Googled, is Bitcoin really a financial instrument in, in Finland? And there was no answer to that. So I was like, huh, I need to ask somebody. And I sent the email to the financial authorities of Finland. And they answered me, huh, we don't know either. Come here and talk. And I went there. We had a great conversation. And we realized that Bitcoin definitely is not a financial instrument. So if I want to do this business, I actually don't have to even get the licenses, but I can just start. And so the company ended up being the first wealth management business that was purely focusing on cryptocurrencies. So I had a pretty good run for a year and a half with the wealth management business, but then I ran into a problem. The law changed in Finland and Bitcoin became a financial instrument, which meant that I would have had to get the proper licenses. And we did look into that, but it ended up being too big of a challenge and too expensive and we were too inexperienced for it to make sense. So we pretty much decided to wind down the business. And at the same time, I was also pretty much on a edge to burnout and I really wanted to do something else and preferably off the computer. So what did you do next, actually? So about a month after we had closed down the business, my friend contacted me that would I want to finally start the cafe idea I have had back in the day. And now that I suddenly had a lot of time in my hands, I told him that, yeah, of course, let's try it. And the idea was to start a workshop cafe where also the foods and everything would be healthy. But... We figured out that we don't have experience to do it and it would be super expensive and we would have to get funding, which we would be unable to get because of our experience. So we figured out a way how to test out the business idea without it being too expensive. And that was to try out the super coffees. That was our own invention. So basically it was coffee with different nootropics and superfoods and we started it from a two square meters table so we started from the small table and we run it for like two months and then this one guy marty came to us us like hey guys this really looks good we had like 80 euros revenue at this point but he liked it and he offered us to 
take over his cafes on this island in front of Helsinki. And we had no clue where the island even was. But we told him that, yeah, of course, we are going to do that. And so we took a little uh, reroute to our original idea. And we have been now for four years on an island running two restaurants. It's an old military island that was abandoned like 50 years ago. And now the city of Helsinki is heavily going to develop it going forward. And there's going to be a lot of new buildings. There's going to be restaurants. And it's going to be like the center of tourism in Helsinki in the coming years. My vision for the island is that is to keep it as a natural place for people from the city to easily come to the forest, to the nature, to the archipelago, to de-stress and wind down from the city life. Oliver, you really look like serial entrepreneur because I know you have another company related vertical farming. Would you like to explain uh, how it's going on and what is the vertical farming project? So back in the day in 2016, when I was studying in Santa Barbara, California, that was the first time that I got introduced to the idea of vertical farming. And I thought by myself that that's something I really want to try out, but I don't know anything about it. So I don't want to start the company by myself. But if I ever find a company in Finland doing it, I want to work for them. And in 2019, after the first summer on the island, I saw that there's this one company in Finland doing it. They were presenting in one of these uh, startup accelerators in Helsinki. And I went there, I told to the guys, and I told them that I want to work for this company. And they just basically hired me on the spot. And uh, I worked for them for like six months. And I was always asking the guys, what are we actually building? What's the big vision? Where are we going? And they never gave me a good answer. And after six months before the next summer in the island, they actually kicked me out of the company. And I was super furious about that since I had really put everything I had into the vertical farming and into the microgreens. And... For the next year and a half, maybe, I was still thinking about the concept, but I wasn't really doing it. And then uh, after the summer of 2020, one of the original founders contacted me again that, hey, Oliver, by the way, sorry about everything. Your ideas were actually pretty good. We ended up doing all of them. Would you want to come back? And uh, at this point, I didn't want to come as a worker anymore. So I invested some money into the company and became an owner. And by that, I gave myself a pass to do anything I wanted for the company, basically. And nobody was really dictating what I should do. And after the last summer, I decided that now I actually go into the company and start working for it daily. And I took the role of head of growth basically but yeah so the vision with the company at the moment is that the microgreens are probably gonna replace the salads since growing salads just doesn't make any sense anymore it's waste 
it wastes the resources, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of water, and there's absolutely no nutrients. So what we are doing is actually supercharging the plates with more nutritious food, and we are building the specialized equipment for anybody to start growing microgreens, basically. That sounds like an amazing vision, and like in your story, how they first removed you from the company, you must have felt devastated. And then you must, when they came back to you and said, okay, Oliver, we want you back, you must have said, yes, you know, I told you so. Like, I can imagine that satisfaction you must have felt. <laughs> that definitely happened. So I think for me, finding the business ideas came in a pretty natural way and I didn't have to force them out too much. So I would want to know, Selin, how did you start your impact business? Yeah, so good question. I started Goodstead after I graduated from my master's in design and innovation. Um, and after graduating, this was towards the end of 2017, I had started working part-time with my family business while looking to see what next I should do. And my interests were in design thinking, tech, social entrepreneurship. Um, but before this master's, I had worked as a marketing manager for a few years. So this was actually a bit of a career transition for me. So I started looking for opportunities to use my skills in different projects to gain experience. And while doing this, I was also looking for some volunteering opportunities to build my portfolio. So did you find anything? Um, so generally, when I looked for these, I mostly found traditional volunteering, like reading books to children, helping out in the local community garden. These were also great, but I wanted to use my skills to also build my portfolio. And I felt that I could add a lot more value with what I'm really good at. So long story short, I found the project finally after a couple of months of searching. And by that time, I was thinking, why isn't this easier? Why isn't there an easier way to find these types of opportunities? Um, and then I helped this one project come to life. I found them other volunteers and other resources. And this, in the end, became the first pilot of Goodstead. So my idea basically was to make it easy for communities of people to support social and environmental projects and to collaborate uh, so that we can create a better world together. And in this pilot, I also saw that businesses and organizations had a lot of difficulties when running and scaling their own community engagement and volunteering programs. Um, in the UK, actually, uh, I was you know, finding out that 11 million employees were receiving actually volunteering days off, but only 14% was getting used. So there's a lot of inefficiency here. And I thought this digital platform could be helpful with this, not only engaging employees, but other stakeholders and could help businesses run these programs a lot more effectively. Um, and so then the, this became the business model where businesses pay a subscription to use the software service. Um, but my vision has always been that this platform should be open to the community for the public to use it for free. And this is how it works right now as well. And Selin, also, I remember that you won the FBN Entrepreneurship Award. Also, I would like to give information about what is NextGen Award. It's created in 2009 with the purpose of championing young family business members who initiated entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial projects. Yes, actually, I did win this award um, back in 2018, which gave me the motivation to really push this idea forward. 
And I took the action to really go for it after this and found a tech team who could help me develop the first version. I then continued working on it part-time until 2020. And that is when I managed to raise pre-seed funding. And this is how I could go full-time. Um, so we also managed to secure clients that year. And since then, we iterated a lot and worked hard to find real product market fit. And I think we finally did in the past six months. Um, things are a lot clearer in terms of which audiences really feel the pain points enough to continue paying for the solution. And like any startup, we had quite a few ups and downs since 2020. And of course, the COVID crisis didn't help. But I'd say the biggest challenge has been to really niche down on a specific audience and to build a robust sales pipeline. Um, so Gökçe, actually, I'm really curious that what has been one of the biggest challenges in your journey, as I know you're working on an exciting security startup. Thank you, Selin. I would like to explain uh, how I decided to fund this cybersecurity startup, first of all, uh, called by cyberalert.me. After I realized that cyber attacks are one of the most considerable business risks, the magnitude of cyber frauds could be the third largest economy after the US and China. Individuals also have high cyber risk levels. In being digitalizing world, 71.1 million people fall victim to cyber crimes yearly. It's really a huge number. And what we are doing, Cyber Alert Me is an algorithm providing accurate, timely, and relevant intelligence to assess vulnerabilities and increase cybersecurity awareness through personalized cyber risks bulletin, individual cyber intelligence, and tailor-made individual cybersecurity insurance. The company is at the seed level right now. I am one of co-founders. We have been developing the technology since February 2022. At the cyber insurance side of this startup, our family business, Gülcüler Insurance, is the main stakeholder of cyberalert.me, Within this way, two companies collaborate with each other as partners. The biggest challenge was making the membership price accessible because we believe that cybersecurity is one of the human rights. So despite server and developers working costs being high and high, we need to find a solution to make the membership price low while keeping the business scalable. It was the biggest problem. We had worked on this problem for six months, and now we have almost succeeded in making it fair enough. And after I listen also our stories, uh, I would like to ask Oliver, and you mentioned, Oliver, you started a few businesses, and currently you are working on Pinoa. When you think about your journey, what is the one of biggest learning? I think the interesting thing I learned is that being an entrepreneur is the ultimate tool to uncover who you really are. Entrepreneurial path will test every aspect of you and your life. It will test your grit, your problem-solving skills, crisis management, relationships, and even your health. And to succeed, it's not enough to know business. You must also master all of the other aspects of life too. Wow, very wise, Oliver. 
<laughs> that is super inspiring. And I guess this is the purpose of the entrepreneurs community. Um, we want to have this podcast to share honest stories and learn from each other as it can be a challenging journey. So just to give the context to all listeners, again, Gökçe, Oliver and I will be making sure this podcast becomes one of the greatest benefits this community offers. And also just to clarify, the entrepreneurs community is not only for active entrepreneurs, it's also for anyone who is interested in entrepreneurship, even doing entrepreneurial projects within the business, and also for those who are interested in supporting entrepreneurs. We also love to learn from older generations and basically anyone who wants to get involved. And just before we end this episode, we wanted to give you a quick overview of our roles at FBN International and why we decided to take an active role. Um, so Oliver and I are co-leads of the Global Entrepreneurship Community. I'm also the member of the FBN Turkish chapter through my family business. Um, and my first FBN experience was the Global Summit in Montreux in 2013 with my mother. And I remember I was so inspired and felt a sense of real belonging that I was part of this global community and that I wasn't alone in so many things that I was going through. I then experienced the Next Gen Summit in Sweden in 2016 in Talberg. And there I made so many lifelong friends and continued going to other conferences and staying in touch with everyone. And when I got offered this role last year, I thought I really do have a lot going on and already volunteering for a few other organizations thanks to my full-time like startup job. But I was just really excited to go for it and do my best. So now I'm really excited for all the different activities we have going on this year and to support the entrepreneurial projects within the community. So Oliver, how are you involved with FPN? Yes, so... I'm also the co-lead of the entrepreneurs community and also I'm part of the FPN Finland chapter as well as second year committee member. And uh, I got involved with the international FPN 2019. It was dark and rainy fall evening when Timo called me and he told me the book tickets to Budapest in two days, no time to explain. And I thought maybe for a minute, book the tickets and off we went. And in Budapest, Timo said that, okay, and now we take a car to Slovenia. And then we drove to Slovenia, and it was an FBN international event, and he told me nothing. And that was the first time that I met all the amazing people in there. And the reason I took this active role at FBN is because I love to learn from others, help others with what I know, and connect people The FBN is an incredible community with amazing people. And in this role, I'm capable of bringing more value to the community while also learning myself. How about you, Götze? <laughs> By the way, Oliver, I remember uh, how we found when we are together with the FBN uh, Next Gen Leaders. I love it. Um, I am a member of the FBNI leadership team and I have been involved in primarily entrepreneurship-focused projects since 2018 in the leadership team. On the other hand, I am co-president of the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Committee in the local chapter, Turkey, with uh, Juan. How I got into the FBN International is thanks to my sister and my mother's advice. I applied to be part of the FBNI leadership team. Then 
I joined FBNI as an active member when I thought about joining our family businesses. FBN expands my vision and allows me to make a group of close friends with similar views of life, which is a priceless value. This is so great. I really enjoyed recording this first episode. I now have a warm and fuzzy feeling. <laughs> uh, me too, Celine. Let's keep up the entrepreneurship spirit and join us for the next episode. All right, guys. See you next time and bye-bye.